0: Welcome back
1: to Art About show about art that's a work of art in itself. Morning Sally.
0: Morning John. How are you this morning? Pretty good. That's good. Morning Mark.
2: Morning Sally. Morning John.
1: Mark, your uh,
2: eyes are sparkling today I see. Not clouded over at Not all. Not at all today, no. It's a lovely brisk breeze in the air. Well, there was.
0: And you're listening to Arts About on Artable PFM, which is brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery, and you're here in the studios with Cultural Sounding Board and Artist-in-Residence John Baird, the Thermodynamic Mark Stewart, and me, Sally Bailey.
2: Just a question. Don't you think it's time that McClellan's uh, changed that ad? Yes, I think it is. And and do people ring galleries? They give their phone number at the end. Do people actually ring?
1: I've rung many galleries. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: What's on? Are, any, are you open or not? No.
0: Yeah. Are you there, Mark? Are you there?
1: <laughs> is the cafe crowded? That's yes. the kind of question. What is on
2: ask. at McLean then?
1: Uh, the same show has been on for a while, and yes, I'm it's
0: not about sure what change. it's called,
2: but um, it was easily missed.
0: No, <coughs> no, 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 you've been it's, to see it, I think yeah. it's the Framing Nature, I saw it with you. and that's about to be changed, I think, in the middle of this month, we better double check on the dates, but no. but we're about to hear, um, I, I think, two new exhibitions going on at the same time, yeah. which we'll talk about again soon. Right. What are you going on about this week, John?
1: Uh, sort of a kind of mistaken identity, that's it, oh, issue, okay. or uh, art mistaken identity, right? okay, uh, Uh, Some art mistaken for (coughs) other art or not quite. Oh, all right.
0: Could go anywhere with that one. And Mark, you?
2: I'm going to speak about last weekend.
0: Last weekend, Mm. okay. It was a big weekend. Right.
2: Well, your good friend Donald... Visited the Queen, amongst other uh, people. So, oh so yes, so spectacular! Let's pull that, that apart, shall yeah, we? Exactly.
0: That sounds really good. Do you
1: think Donald's trying to partner up with Russia to protect himself from China? Yeah.
2: Look, I think he's he's doing it he, you know any way he can. It's uh, you know I, people seem to think Russia is this horrible. Yeah. Cut, whereas in fact they were an ally for quite quite often. Yeah. And they they you know they saved the Second World War. They're the ones who saved everybody's asses. There is, you however, know. the issue of Putin himself. Putin is a little bit like Trump something slightly distasteful about him. Yeah. But um, I think you know, we, the media doesn't help our... It influences enormously our attitudes towards these two mm. people.
0: You are, of course, listening to Arts About <laughs> on Art <laughs> Will Be. And uh, this week uh, we're going to be talking to a friend of the show, Sarah Faulkner, painter of many things, and this time it's birds in habitat. And she's presented a small collection of them at Merrick's House Gallery, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about them. Also, we're going to have a chat with David Hager, who I've talked about or mentioned briefly uh, in preceding weeks. He's a curator and the co-director of Black Arts, and he's going to talk to us about the next ishi- um, exhibition to open at Linden New Arts, called Wanga Kuchara Chukapa Kuchu, uh, which, and it is a mother and daughter exhibition, and um, we're also going to learn how to say that, because he actually sent me a little audio tape, which I'm going to play in a minute, uh, which will, uh, Describe Well, we'll get to hear how uh, a native Anangu woman would Uh, say it.
2: And I wonder if you could uh, clarify how the Aboriginals called Melbourne, whether it had a name that we could go back to instead of being...
0: Well, I'm sure that each of the different mobs would have probably a different way of saying it. I think it
2: was called Yarra Yarra. Yarra-yarra, something like that, yeah, because that means the the water of mists and shadows. Does it?
0: Mm. Oh, that's rather poetic, isn't it? Very poetic. Now, first, before we do any of that, I'm going to play a little song because we're talking about birds a little bit later on. I found this track, and it's by um, a fellow called Moondog, who's also known as Louis Thomas Harden, and he studied at the Iowa School for the Blind, so I assume he was blind. He also studied Native American music, conducted the... York, the New York Philharmonic in the 40s and lived on the streets in New York for 30 years. He was an instrument inventor, builder and a poet and lived the latter part of his life in Germany where his music and r- recordings were, pu- uh, were published. This is called Bird's Lament and um, it's rather beautiful. Our next guest, David Hagger, is a curator, writer, and co-director of Black Arts Project, which is an organisation promoting and exhibiting visual arts to an international audience and enabling contemporary artists to control the conditions for presenting their work. Uh, Two of the artists in their stable are a mother and daughter duo who are about to present a combined show at Lyndon New Arts. um, And the exhibition by this mother-daughter duo Anangu women woman, Yanima, and her daughter Linda Pune, depict sacred sites in the everyday life of the Mumali country and the APY lands, paralleling the theme of NAIDOC week, Because of Her We Can. And it focuses on the strength and importance of women in community and the significance of passing knowledge on to the next generation, highlighting centrality, the centrality of women in the cultural, social and political spheres. It's called Wanga Kuchara Chukapa Kuchu. And I have a recording that David has sent to me, which I'm actually going to play right now, to, so we can probably just first up hear what it should sound like. David is joining us this morning to tell us a little bit more about it. Good morning, David, and welcome to Arts About... Good morning, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Uh, It's so good to hear the sounds of First Nations language in the mainstreams. I'm assuming that Puna was speaking Pichinjara? Uh, Yes, indeed. And what does the title... Yes, sorry. Sorry, go on. I was just going to ask you, what does the title mean?
3: Uh, The title means two voices, one Jukapa one dreaming. Uh, Jukapa in in general has uh, a lot of complex meanings, really. Uh, It could be complex but complementary in the way that it could refer to, say, a creation period uh, when ancestral beings created the world. Or it can refer to the present or the future um, or just dreamings in general, stories in general.
0: Tell us a little bit about the exhibition and the women who painted them.
3: Um, the first, I guess the most critical uh, aspect of it is that we're seeing this mother and daughter duo, um, painting out of Mimili, um, exhibits for the first time in the public realm together, which is such a treat. Um, Mimili is a, is a small town in the northwest of the APY lands in, uh, northwest of South uh, Australia, sorry. Mm -hmm. And... Puna and Linda here are presenting large-scale paintings um, which will sit, as if they're sitting across a dinner table or across the table in the the art centre or across a fire and ceremony on country, uh, these works will sit opposite each other as if there's a... A, a direct conversation going on between them
0: Oh I see So uh, on either sides of the room They're, they're big canvases I, I, I'm Looking at the, at the catalogue and the images that I've seen And they are It's a conversation
3: Yeah it is a conversation and, and visitors will be invited to Sit down in the middle of that room And to spend time Looking at these works And being part of this conversation Being welcomed into uh, This conversation Furthermore, while uh, visitors are sitting down and, and taking in these works, they'll be able to listen to Puna and Linda speak in language um, through an audio recording that was done actually just after they returned from the, the Sinki Desert Race, which is a sort of big, uh, big desert car race out there that tends to attract a, a lot of locals.
0: Uh, what did you call it?
3: Ah, F-I-N-K-E, F-I-N-K, that's yeah. a
0: river of course up there
3: it's, it's much like the the Dakar Rally in really? Australia
0: Really? Do they go along the riverbed, do you know?
3: I couldn't tell you to, no. to be honest No How... It'd be worth having a look
0: through it Yes, I bet it'd be wild Um uh, well, that's that's terrific. So, so there, there's more of this oral oral history. Is there? Are they speak? Do they speak at all in in English, or is it? A... No,
3: no, 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 not at all. They're speaking in language the whole time. Yep. The, the idea being uh, that we we as we as visitors should be able to interpret their work not just through our um, visual appreciation, but also through Hearing how mm-hmm. they speak and what is being said when they're creating work, or just in general, what is being said through mother and daughter.
0: Mm-hmm. If we look at
3: that NAIDOC theme, because of her, we can. Um, we're really drawing upon the strength of women in community, and that, and how significant they are to the fabric of community and culture, and not just locally in places like memory but but across the nation in in. Uh, communities across the nation and also in in the capital city um, across the nation as well. And so what, what we're being invited into here is Puna and Linda, their relationship, them being together, them telling each other stories, them passing on information. Um And it's a real privilege to be able to do that
0: mm. it, it is very, very interesting actually to listen to uh, to begin to hear sounds, certainly of any any other language, but the uh, the various indigenous languages around the country are totally foreign to most ears, and there is something quite enlightening about listening. And hearing those sounds and hearing those voices, it's quite different there to is. learning there, the history. It
3: absolutely is. There's a rhythm and a cadence mm. To, to, mm. Their, um, to their patter, which is, which is lovely and it adds to that stroke uh, making that you see on the canvases as well. It's almost, um, it's almost synchronized in a, uh, in a harmonious way.
0: Uh, they're both um, they, they have come out of the Mimalu Maku, uh, Maku Arts, uh, I think, is a, an art centre out the art in centre, the yes, APY that, Lands. That's correct. They have uh, they have something like seven, I think, in the APY Lands, don't they? Art centres. Yeah, made
3: up, made up of seven uh, art centres, which are just off the Stuart Highway, um, which is the you know the main artery up
0: to Alice. That cuts yes. the
3: country in half.
0: I was really rather fascinated. I went on to their website and there is an extraordinary, like the work that they're producing out there is is very different there's quite a lot of um it's not just you know two plain visual arts which we've come to expect but quite a lot of sculptural uh work as well. There was some really unusual work that was modern and incredible there there are young people out there doing really contemporary work aren't there
3: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think perhaps our city dwellers tend to um tend to uh pigeonhole
0: mm. or have
3: an expectation of what comes out of areas such as this. But but, but they are bustling and booming and have been for some time and are uh, drawing the attention of uh public and private galleries. Not just in Australia, but overseas as well. Um, pr- production and uh, the yeah the level of production and the quality of the work is just outstanding.
0: Mm. Now, these two women, uh, mother and daughter, uh, Puna, the mother, um, is a senior and Anangu woman who I believe has um, uh, a lot of connection to, country, to like traditional law and uh, and deep knowledge of ceremonial, musical, and dance. She's a she's obviously an elder of the group and a teacher.
3: She is. She is. Um, she she's uh, is a senior and very respected. Um, woman in Mimali. She's also a, a delight to have around. She's often seen, seen to be singing or heard to be singing, particularly while she's making work. Um, she's also uh, one who has a strong understanding of Inma, which is their song and dance. And so she'll visit, uh, still today goes and visit Antara, which is the the site, this sacred site, which is seen in the three works, three major works that are on this exhibition. And she goes out there with other women from community where they will uh, pass on teaching to to younger women and to the the young kids. They pass on their knowledge um, so that they can watch and learn out in this sacred site. And they still go out there and have ceremony and they still collect their witchetty grub and they still collect their honey ants um, and have song and dance and stories.
0: I talked about it a little bit uh, uh, earlier on this year on Arts About because I spent a little time up there myself visiting friends on the APY lands, and, and we mm. we were uh, taught how to cook uh, kangaroo leg. Kangaroo um, tail, I should say, over a fire. Uh, It was really rather spectacular to to realise. We only saw a tiny little tip, but uh, life is still terribly traditional out there in many ways.
3: Amazing. What an experience.
0: Yes. Now, um, can you tell me a little bit about Black Arts? Because that's the company that you're co-director of, which is rather an interesting organisation, I think. Uh, And these two women are part of the list of artists that you represent. But you don't only represent Indigenous artists, do you?
3: No, no. And, and we don't uh, represent in the traditional sense because we, we don't have a, a bricks-and-mortar gallery. We're a um, an itinerant model um, whereby we we work with artists to realise the projects that, that they come up with. So we're not governing what they produce by giving them a certain architectural set of walls and ceiling and floor, um, we're sort of saying to them, come, you know, come to us, make what you want to make, and, and we'll try and realise that wherever that may be, be that in in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Venice,
0: mm-hmm. Los
3: Angeles, it, it doesn't really matter. Mm. So, um, yeah, not a traditional representative model, but we have worked with a number of artists on, you know, for many years.
0: So you were instrumental in bringing these two women down here to Linda New Art's. Why did you choose Linda New Art's?
3: Uh, the other way around, actually. It's not really a, a through Black Art project. It's, uh-huh. it's a show that was um, uh, and a time that was offered to me by um, Melinda Martin, the director mm-hmm. of, of Linda.
0: We've spoken with Linda. A lot.
3: Um, having worked with her in the past. And uh, we, we both thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to bring um, Puna and Linda together in this, particularly in, in Domain House, this mm-hmm. venue, which is a very straight, rectangular space, large and you know, voluminous. And, and it's perfect for audio and perfect for the way that uh, we both saw this exhibition unfold.
0: Wonderful. Can you say it again for us?
3: Go, now, the, the, the
0: title. Sorry, the title of the exhibition.
3: Ah, Wanga Kuchara Kuchu.
0: Yes, it's the rhythm. I, I've been trying to say it, and it's it's there's there's a rhythm that that the ladies have that, that it's Puna, I think, uh, on the on the um, recording that you sent me. It's the rhythm. That's really such, hard.
3: Such a um, there's such spirit and such joy in the way that they say it too. Yes, yes. It's almost as if. Per- is laughing at what she's saying yes. at, 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 at the idea of it being recorded <laughs> um, but it's it makes me smile every time I hear it
0: Well it looks like it's a wonderful exhibition I can't wait to get up to it It opens on Saturday the 28th of July and I think runs through till the 2nd of September It's Linda New Arts and it's in their temporary home which is the Domain House on the Dallas Brooks Drive in South Yarra Um, Thank you so much for talking to us today David Hagger It's been a great pleasure and I really look forward to seeing the exhibition
3: Thank you very much for having me Much appreciated Bye Bye bye
0: Okay, so in a minute we're going to be talking with um, Sarah Faulkner and I've got another bird song for you. Well, it's kind of a bird song. Is Uh, it Bird Noises? Uh, it has got bird noises in it. Mm. Yes, it I have a question. Yes.
2: Do do is there a, a common language that Aboriginals can speak in that they can communicate? No. in There's no common no, language.
0: No. There's something like 500 languages. Right. But, uh, the, but lots of them speak lots of different languages. Yes, so they that so they interact. They um, overlap.
2: Okay. But there's not a major lang- one that they can all everybody can understand each other. No.
0: If you think about not- geographically, how on earth could there be?
2: Well, I mean, we managed with English to sort of spread it around. But yeah, but
0: we had trillions of people that were enabled that, that, that tr- you know, it's a but, mm. but
2: still, I mean, it, 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 is it something that we could learn? That's This is my you know, the major question. I, I is it something we're going to learn?
0: Well, I don't know. I think we, we're beginning school, to hear the languages of the peoples from uh, of different locales, but mm. there are so many of them. Yeah, I think I you, maybe you problem. could choose one or two, but I don't know. There's a lot of
1: work being done in um, maintaining and protecting various languages. Um, whether or not you can turn them into commonly spoke Australian languages, I don't know. Well, a form of communication... It would take can... a fair bit of... Um, Willingness on behalf of us.
2: Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is what I mean. If they started it in schools, then it would become sort of more normal. Mm. To, you know, to I know
1: there's a project on the ABC Radio uh, where they have uh, Indigenous people just uttering one or two words over and over
2: again. Oh, and,
0: and then and then describing, explaining what the word means. Yeah. Yes, it's wonderful. It's mm. really and wonderful. It goes into mm. your head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's such a lovely language. The word Inma. For, for ceremonial music and dance. It's a very, um, it's a really good word, mm. I find, just mm. the use of that, those letters. Okay, um.
0: well here is um, Azo and Sarah with Stayin' in the Shack. Sarah Faulkner was founding member of the artist cooperative Raw Studios in 1982, and uh, she's had a lifetime of painting that's given her a boldness and confidence with which she has documented her travels and adventures. Unfettered by social contrivances, her paintings reflect an infectious joy in most things and one of those things are birds. Her son is also an avid ornithologist and artist too and has led her roaming into some rather beautiful wild locations to see the wondrous diversity of our feathered friends and this exhibition at Merrick's House Gallery is a collection of some of those sightings. She's here on the line with us today. Good morning Sarah, welcome to Arts About.
4: Good morning Sal and John and
0: Mark. Good Lovely morning to be here. Sarah. Uh, Sarah, um they are fantastic and diverse creatures. Tell us a little bit why you love birds.
4: Well, you know, I think um having um bird watches in the family has drawn me um quite close to them over twenty years and um I just love them for so many reasons, you know. I just I suppose foremost we all love them because they can fly. And yes. they sort of symbolize uh a spirit animal to a lot of people Um, but I also love their great beauty and skills Um, their personalities you know there's over 800 different species of birds in Australia and they all have different personalities and um, you know a lot of their personalities are quite funny and others are majestic and Mm. they're very graceful Mm. and they're you know they're just amazing animals
2: Sarah, Sarah, it's Mark speaking did you sell the penguin
4: beg your pardon, did you sell
2: your penguin painting i
4: didn't spell um, so, i didn't spell, uh, sell the penguin all right uh, so all those listeners they
2: should go down to Merricks now and buy that penguin because <laughs> it's a magnificent painting <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: Judy and um Judy and I saw that penguin last last Christmas when we were right down the very very south uh, island of new zealand um where those, it's um, a kiwi penguin. Yellow-eyed, yellow-eyed penguins live. Um, oh, I've seen
0: with... that painting. Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, they don't live
4: in many areas, but you can find them there. So, of course, off we went on the on the hunt, and we, and we did get up very early in the morning when they leave their nest and go into the sea, and they were just magnificent mm-hmm. to watch.
2: Mm, that was, yes, very beautiful painting. Do you know, oh, S- you. Sarah, that um, birds don't have penises?
4: Oh, they don't have
2: penises. No, they had to get rid of them so that they could fly. Apparently, that's why they've so got. Right, to, what, they were
4: too heavy. They were too heavy. Imagine a magpie! <laughs>
2: imagine a magpie with a hard on flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they must have
4: some apparatus to. They have the a cl- what's called a
2: cloaca, which is uh, like a okay. vent. And they, but and you know, it's very quick. I know if you've watched a couple yes. of magpies at it, it's, it's you know, there's no sentimentality involved. No, not at all. Not at all. But they they um, stick together all their lives, so there must be
4: something going on. Yes, some but, definitely do stay together um, all their lives. Yes, some species of birds, whereas others like the wren are quite
0: promiscuous. Yes, and there yeah. are quite a lot of others also that do stay together, but are promiscuous yes. at, <laughs> at the same time. Apparently, <laughs> even the
4: magpies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently oh, a bit like, <laughs> like humans.
0: That's right. Now, I was really, I, I haven't yet to, been to see it. I'm, I'm going down there in the next couple of days. I've been unable to get there. Um, I know that John and Mark did. Was it a great opening?
4: Oh, they always have a, a fabulous opening down there. Um, and, and Sam, you know, she gives a great little speech uh, and it's very welcoming. And yes, lots of my friends came, you know, from far and wide to be there. So it was a lovely opening. Terrific, very warm and, uh, I, and
0: I hope there were a few red dots. There were a couple. were yes, yep. a few
4: red dots. Um, winter and people are, are hibernating a bit, so I'd like to encourage people to get down well, and see ha- yeah. the show because there's, you know, there's about twenty different species that I've painted down there. And
0: uh, well, this weekend. Sorry.
2: The, sorry. The next weekend's going to be very warm, so.
0: Oh, people good. will be Get the out and about there. Yeah. there. It's um, it is lovely, and I, I believe that your ha- your exhibition's hanging alongside the works of Gordon Hickmott, who is a ceramicist, and who I f- I have a feeling is the man who threw the pots that you have painted that I have in my house. In fact,
4: well, that's right, um, Sal. Uh, you know, in some ways, this apart from my love of birds and their featuring in my life, some ways this show came about because. Um, Yes, Gordon uh, no longer is is making me the pots and I thought, well, you know, people love them um, on the bowls. And I thought, well, you know, if I can't paint them on the bowls, I I might, you know, paint them on canvases instead. So um, Gordon's got his own uh, pottery down there and it's also um, showing Annie Howie, Mm -hmm. who went to art school at Paran College with me and is also one of um, the raw uh, painters and she's um, showing landscapes.
0: Right. Well, this is your third exhibition, I believe, down at Merricks, isn't it?
4: Yes, it is my third one there, and and you know I, I love I love the space, and um, I know a lot of people down there who who love my work and know me. So, you know, it's really a, a joy. It's not as stressful, really, as having big shows in Melbourne, and and you know they do well for me, and and the fam, the my family, are terrific. They're wonderful. They always. You know, they always find probably a lot of work too. So they're very supportive.
0: Well, it's fabulous work. Now, you've recently travelled to Japan, which I suspect may be the subject matter for your next big exhibition up in Melbourne at the new at your um, Eastgate Jarman Gallery.
4: Um, yes, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Um, one step at a time. Okay, um, sorry,
0: I've jumped the gun. I...
4: Um, yeah, I definitely was affected by you know the beauty and the aesthetic, the Japanese aesthetic, especially of their um, of their paintings, their um, you know ancient paintings of the mountains and and the ink washes, and you know they're very beautiful. and And, and the gardens really impressed me, the traditional gardens. So I wouldn't, I would like to paint some of those gardens.
2: Mm-hmm. Have you seen Hokusai's paintings of birds, Sarah? Because um, oh, I had a show oh. recently at NGV and there were some prints and he had a lot of prints of birds. Just brilliant.
4: Is that a, running at the moment? I think no. I read something about that.
2: No, it's finished. But I have oh, the catalogue if you want.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I think I was too busy in my own studio to get out and see them. But, I mean, they're masters. You know, you can't really compare what, what I do with them. Well, they're no, masters, yes, they're
2: masters in it with a simple line. That's what's so amazing about that's them, right. isn't it? They get that. Well,
4: that's, that, that's, that's what I do in a way, too. It's, it's a simple line. Yes, well, the,
2: um, the penguin was definitely a simple... He was strutting his stuff in a very beautiful yes, way. Yes, and
4: they're loose, you know. But mine are a lot looser, I think, and, and um, i was just trying to get those personalities to come through. And, 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 you know, I sort of thought of this show a little bit as a show of self-portraiture, too, because, you know... It's, I think what I've chosen, how I've chosen to depict some of the birds sort of reflects what I've been feeling and going through mm. the last couple of years when I've been painting them. Mm. So it's funny like that, but yeah, they're also a statement of myself through each personality. Yeah, that's interesting,
2: isn't it? Because when you when we look at birds, we're actually looking at ourselves looking at the birds because we're keeping still.
4: That's right, that's mm. right, and they're looking back at you. Mm. And, mm. T- and, um, you know.
2: and saying, what the hell are you doing?
4: yeah what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you, at me? are you looking at me? You looking at me? You
0: looking at me Well, Sarah Faulkner's Birds in Habitat is on at Merrick's House and, uh, Gallery alongside Gordon Hickmott, the ceramicist and, and Anne Howie's work. It's a great opportunity to purchase your own Sarah Faulkner, uh, from a, you know, amazing paintings I, from a great painter. I'm lucky enough, I know I've seen some of them on your Instagram account, so I'm looking forward to seeing them hanging on the wall. Thanks so much for talking to us today, Sarah Faulkner.
4: Oh, wonderful! Thank you all. Thanks for having me. Thanks.
0: See you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, so it's time for us to have a few messages from our sponsors, and uh, and then move on. We haven't got. We are running fast out of time. Yes, it is.
1: What will we do without echo equipment, the world would be a sort of less valuable place. Though,
0: isn't it? <laughs> do you think?
1: <laughs> I'm going to reflect on. Um, Something had happened when I was working as a picture framer in Melbourne, and uh, I remember being in there, a, a, a lady brought in her um, Hans Heysen picture.
0: You have to tell me who Hans Heysen is.
1: South Australian
2: German painter of trees, mostly
1: watercolours, Gums. and uh, as people used to people used to say that it was a, it would either be. Gum trees in the middle and sheep on the outside, or sheep in the middle and gum trees <laughs> on the outside. You know, yeah,
2: and, more or less. And the Ridiculous only way you could tell the else. difference
1: was to count the clouds. Right. So it was a five clouder or a seven cloud. Oh, but oh, you know. he did get some magnificent trees. He oh, he was good, good at it. He
2: was very good at oh. it. There's no
1: question. She had a great pride in this in this picture, this woman, and she put it down on the counter and uh, she said, "My grandfather uh, collected Australian watercolours in the nineteen fifties, and we've got quite the collection." And uh, this one, the frame's a little tired and we want to have it um, jazzed up a bit. And uh, my boss, Rod, came out and he glanced at this thing and he said, uh, "He said, what are we doing with that? And she said, I want the frame done. And he said, that's okay, we'll just whip it out. And she said, well, don't whip it out, you know, it's like, it's a valuable hyson. And he said, no, that's a reproduction. And uh, she said, no, it's not a reproduction. My grandfather bought it and blah, blah, blah. And she turned it over, and on the back was a uh, a note that said, um, this is guaranteed to be a work by Hans Heysen and signed by someone whose name was there, Uh, which is not really a clear remark. (laughs) No.
0: Um, It's in somebody's interests, perhaps, to do that and and falsify it. This
1: conversation got to the point where she said, look, I have to go. Uh, Can you take it out of the frame and we'll talk about what we're going to do next so we did that took it out of the frame and she came back about a week later and rod said it is a reproduction and uh i don't know what your grandfather was up to but this is a reproduction and she said i think that you've taken my original and swapped it for this reproduction and uh we had this conversation and she she was shown where the mat had fitted onto the uh, the print and where the light had affected the the print in the light and not where it was under the mat and it fitted perfectly and uh, she wouldn't have any of that, she said no you've sprayed it with something to make that sort of, to get that effect Rob started saying look you know, you, you're suggesting that I've gone to a lot of trouble to steal a Hans Heisen watercolour, frankly not worth all that much money <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that interested in Hans Heisen watercolours and uh, she got furious and then we turned it over and on the back was a number on the uh, mount board and a number on the back of the print and a number on the frame, all the same number. And he said, oh, these are our framing numbers. So the business that he had had been going since the 1880s or so. Really? Yeah. And all of the leather-bound ledgers were still there. He still had them all. And there was a date on the frame, so he looked it up, and uh it said, you know, Hans Heisen print in the framing um, request. And uh, he showed that to her, and uh, she was devastated. She ah. was just completely devastated. And uh she said, look, well, what about the others? And he said, what are the others? And he said, well, she said, we've got a couple of streetons, and uh we've got... <laughs> We've, uh, you know, the rest of it And he said Well I don't know, I don't know anything about them And she said Well I'm going to bring them in here Do you have an, like a, uh, a valuer Or an art valuer or a restorer or someone who can look at them And he said yeah sure you can bring them in And she came in A couple of weeks later with her sister and her brother And this was their collection Of art that their grandfather had left them And uh, They're all prints you know? Oh dear And um, whether or not the grandfather had been tricked or not, I don't know, because they all had these crazy notes of authentication on the back from the same person, and um, they're all sort of similar in their sort of quality. But there was a couple of other things. There was a photograph. It <coughs> was a photograph of him, the grandfather, and a drawing about the size of an exercise book, which was a nice, really rather nice drawing of a young boy in a singlet, in a blue singlet. And uh, it was signed by the grandfather, and they said, well, that's, that's his work. He did that. And uh, the valuer who was there looked at it and looked at Rod and said, well, you think? And he said, I reckon you're right. And they hadn't talked about what they reckoned they were right about. But uh, they opened it up, and sure enough, on the back, it had the date and the location, the boy's name, and the signature of uh, William Dobell.
0: Oh!
1: And the grandfather had signed a Dobell drawing that he'd bought somewhere and put it in a frame
0: and told them it was his. Yeah, <laughs> that is just hilarious! What a great story! So finally,
1: they got
2: some value out of the. The,
0: but the
1: Dobell was probably worth, in the end, more than the, all the others put
2: together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fabulous! Yeah. It's it's
2: interesting how people find think that prints are worth money, whereas in fact they're they're not not really worth much at all. No. They don't go up and down. None of them do.
1: I I went through the sort of... I had some instruction then about how to tell when it's in the frame, Mm. you know. So often uh, prints at the time, uh, early prints like that, were made on a kind of a shiny paper. You can see the reflection between the print and the paper. Right. Uh, And the hans Heisen prints were often made on textured paper, like a watercolour paper, And uh, it was very difficult to tell whether or not it was a watercolor or not because it's just it's just color on textured paper. You know, it's the same Mm. sort of thing. But they would have to print them in a um, in a color separation method, and often they'd be out of register a little bit. Light register problem.
2: Look at this. Yes, better get on to my um, weekend. Great story, John. That's interesting. It also reminds me of when I was in Paris a few years ago and I was looking, speaking to somebody about a Corot drawing. Right. They, it was a beautiful little drawing, a size of a textbook. I was only going for 16,000 euros. I thought it yeah. was unbelievably cheap compared to what people are paying. Yeah, people.
1: paper is cheaper than other mm. forms. And uh, size doesn't matter in paper, though. But no. Often uh, the smaller the drawing and the more exquisite it is, the more people want it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so uh, France beat Croatia 4-2 in the uh, World Cup. Mm -hmm. Economically and sexually, winning the World Cup opens up many opportunities, apparently. Oh, I bet it does. I bet it does. A lot of babies born in nine months' time, apparently. So um, on to golf. um, Yes. And your good friend Donald. Don't say he's my good friend. I find that offensive. (laughs) he, He owns 17 golf clubs. He plays off a handicap of three. Which is, um, if you have anybody, if you've ever had a father who was a golfer, you realise how difficult that is. So, How much does he... it cost to buy a handicap of can't buy a handicap, no. You can buy golf courses, but not the so handicap.
0: So does that mean that he's actually a good golfer or is surrounded that means he's surrounded by sycophants? A very good,
2: he's, he's a very good golfer. My father played on scratch, which is you don't have any handicap. Oh. And I was his caddy and it was a real ball. Except for the diving magpies, they were quite good
0: yeah
2: um anyway here he is on a, a 2014 tweet from donald can you believe that with all the problems and difficulties facing us the u.s president obama spent the day playing golf that's right. Huber for you yeah. mm. all the u.s presidents played golf it's very important non-contact sport mm. uh, getting out in nature yes in a bit and uh, a private conversation private, private conversations yes. as well very important yes. Um, and so Donald went to London for the weekend. Oh,
0: I just loved the crowds uh, of protesters. Uh, uh, the, look,
2: 250,000 people in London protesting. I hope they feel better about themselves now. I don't see what the point was, how, how it affected anything to do with Donald. He didn't give a damn, basically. No, of course he didn't, but... Uh, um, I, and they're,
0: they expressing they, they're, they're expressing themselves. themselves and them. and
1: they're expressing themselves. Look, I ha-
2: hope they feel better about themselves. As I said, 9,000 in Edinburgh, a few more on the beach at his golf there club. There were some
0: great placards. <clears throat> I don't know if you've read any uh, of look, those. the blackouts,
2: i I've, I've, some of them, what was it? No Trump, no KKK, no racist USA. As if he's really going to give a damn. I'm sorry. It's a look. I find it all a little bit questionable. I I came from the country of many manifestations. None of them worked. None of them. It was just people really enjoying themselves on the streets. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, if I'm trying to get through to the hospital where my wife's dying of cancer, really gets you angry. I can (laughs) tell you. Lucky I didn't have a bazooka. You needed your own placard. I got out of the way. I got through. I need to see my wife. Yeah. Anyway, that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw the Queen.
3: Who,
0: yes. He, and, well, and, only briefly because he walked in front of her. and well, he forgot yes,
2: Well, look, what this, this guy, I don't know who it was, said that he was in, in London for the weekend or in Europe. He managed to persuade the Europeans to contrib- more, contribute more to their defense, which is true. The Americans spend 70% – they, they pay for 70% of the defense of all these countries – um, he enjo- enjoined Theresa May to finalise Brexit, which is extremely important. He disregarded and demystified silly, age-old protocols surrounding the British monarch, and established warmer relations with Russia. This was all over a weekend, and all those people are demonstrating in the streets. Um, the blimp that they did for the for the of the baby, yeah. they could have spent that money better on feeding some babies, maybe giving you know, instead of putting this huge thing up in the sky. It's just such a. Um, I
0: can't believe you're siding with the guy. I'm not
2: siding with Donald. Not in any way do I side with Donald. I'm only saying that the other side are really you're well, wasting their time. Well, what power do people
0: have to uh, object to what he is doing and the mockery that he's made the of his democ- authority?
2: He's the democratically elected president of Britain's biggest well, ally, biggest ally, biggest ally at the moment. Ally, as well, I would have their said. biggest benefactor, and basically, you—they know, saved their asses. He, they're, they're complaining about this
0: guy. He's been elected. He's going to be... You know what's going to happen. He's I going know, to be re-elected in 2020. He, well, he may you. be re-elected, but I think what is absolutely under question at the moment is whether or not it was really a democratic process because with the, the Rod Muller uh, inquiry is revealing quite a lot we of found involvement. Yet. I think you might find if you read think, his report... I've, I've that, been that reading it. I've <clears> been following
2: <throat> it. I don't think there's much going on there. We'll see. Anyway, he saw the Queen. <clears throat> Let's go on to something nice. Oh, yes, and that's a good idea
0: because we've only just, got a few minutes
2: quoted as saying about the Queen she is an incredible woman she's so sharp she's so so beautiful when I say beautiful I mean inside and out that is a beautiful woman who said that Donald about no. the Queen, and then asked if, if <laughs> beautiful inside and out I like that then he's asked if the Queen liked him he said well I don't want to speak of her for her but I can tell you I liked her so usually that helps I liked her a lot <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, my goodness me, yeah, Those
0: 250,000
1: people can carry on for as much as they like. Can I tell you a little story about the Queen?
0: Well, only if it's going to be very quick.
1: To Paul Keating story yes. about the Queen. You know, Paul Keating... Put touched, his hand on the lower back, yes. ...touched the Queen inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I heard him on radio saying, I touched the Queen inappropriately, and I'm sorry that I did. But I have here a photograph of John Howard touching the Queen appropriately by the back of the elbow. He has his hand on the back of the elbow there. But if you cast your eye a little further down the photograph, is that a little chubby in the trouser? Oh,
0: <laughs> funny. <laughs> Hark. Time for the news, folks. It's been a great week. Sarah Faulkner has birds in habitat at the Merrick's Art Gallery and Wine Store until August the 5th. Wanga Sorry. Kuchara Chukuba Kuchu is on at Linda New Art, presenting the mother-daughter Anangu women, Puna Yanima and Linda Puna, and that's hanging there until Sunday, the 2nd of September.
2: Uh, open House is on for the month of July and has 220 buildings around Melbourne open for your perusal on the 28th and 29th. That's a bit of a... For the whole month of July there are talks, events, tours, screenings and performances. And this year the program has been extended to the Mornington Peninsula for the first time with two buildings opening at Minas University's Peninsula Campus.
1: Friend of the show, Carol Petullo, is involved with the final year VCA film and television student Felix Adset on a new film drama project. Because the VCA does not provide funding support for the student projects... Felix has launched a crowdfunding campaign for his final project, The Speaker. If you're interested in learning more about the project and or potentially supporting it, have a look at the, what does that say? Ready Fun Go site. Ready Fun Go site. Project Project
0: The Speaker. Right. Or you can go to our Facebook page and have a look. I've put a link up for that. Right. It really, it looks absolutely fascinating. It look—it's what they're doing, they've got an architecture student and a filmmaker and Carol Pachullo, and they're building a set around her over the course of four days, her scripts developing over the course of four days, and so are all the props. And so it's, it, it, it actually looks really fabulous. Uh, it's sure a, it a short be. film so have a look on our website because he's a young um, a local boy I think Felix lives in Somerville and he's a VCA film student and as uh, as you mentioned they don't get any funding for their uh, for their things it's um, they've got to raise it themselves I well, sometimes like don't have
1: much luck with your um, text on the news Sally with the sort of the phonetic uh, that's grammar and spelling that you put amongst it I, is designed to come out of your mouth and not mine.
0: Well, you should read it, and if you want to do something, <laughs> if you want to do that, then rem- when you should read it and actually... I uh, think it's great. I love those
1: instructions. Yeah, no, I like to it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a you, bad you wonder
2: thing. if it's your, your brain or whether it's the page.
0: No, 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 it is. I, I, I'm totally sure that's the case. But actually, it is there for you to read, neither of you do. So, no, you no, know. we don't. No, I do. Right, really? at the time. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, if you've just tuned in, you've missed Arts About, uh, but you can hear a repeat on Wednesdays at 12, or you can listen to our podcast, which is on the station website. But it's, there's also a more direct link to it from our Facebook page. So why don't you go and have a look at our Facebook page and like it and um, uh, find out what's coming up, because they get a little bit of insight, We'll probably I, I usually put on some links about what we've been talking about. Mm. Or... Uh, Harold, what's coming up? Uh, so that's about it, I think. I can't, I'm having trouble playing this music. But anyway, here we go. Let's see if I can is do it. More it. Bird song. No, it's the end. The, it's the end. end. <laughs> it's, the, it's the final song. And I can't play. This it. Is the end. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's have a go with this one, then, shall we? That's the end of the show, everybody.